This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 The Ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovic. I love Billy. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Happy Thursday to everybody out there. It is a Thursday Thursday, one of our favorite days here on the block. I'm Jake Bachman. He's the Oscar Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet, Eric Strickland. And we are on the block ready to entertain and talk some sports for the next couple hours. Uh, excited today uh, to have Cluster Johnson, former Husker, of course, join us around uh, 525. So we'll be looking forward to that as well. Today's been a weird day of news that actually isn't news, and you just kind of go back on it, whether that be uh, somewhat locally uh, with uh, kind of the roster changes in, in what they're what they're calling the positions. Um, there was a story about the ACC that everybody wanted to run with, with Swim, Swam, just some swimming Twitter account that, that started it off, that threw everybody off the, uh, off board on that. And then there was the, the, the fact that, uh, that we get to later, too, uh, there was a report that Colin Kaepernick <laughs> was going to invest in the big three and try to save that league. And he didn't take long to say, no, that's not true. I'm not doing that. That'd be Oof. ridiculous. <laughs> Boy, there's a there's a lot of fake news out there. A lot these of days. swerves today. They're, 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 <laughs> that's the crazy thing about it, right? And that's why you come to the block because you're getting that real deal, authentic, holy field type <laughs> info that we draw out, you know, and, and bring out. But at the end of the day, you really have to sift through the manure of news sometimes and just really try to figure it out because people do throw some stuff off the wall. And it feels like when I was a kid, we used to play this game bot called Ding Dong Ditch. Oh, yes. And, and it feels like news right now is a bunch of Forgot ding dong ditching. Yeah. You, know, you go in, you, you know, pull up, ring the doorbell, they think somebody's there, and they yeah. go on down the street. Somewhere. Oh, there's nobody there. Yeah. So um, we used to play crazy games in college that um, I can't even remember the name of it. And, uh, you know, it was a bunch of us crazy freshmen. You know, sometimes we get the football players involved. <laughs> we'd go up and down floors, sneak up and down the stairs. And we would, what we would do is we would fill up a bucket of water. And we would go to their door, ding-dong ditch them, knock on the door, lean the bucket against the door. <laughs> against the door. Oh, so no. when they opened it. Water starts flooding there. And we're gone and we're running and we're chasing each other and we're playing that game all throughout the freaking dorms and in the you know the floor monitors and all that stuff are oh, bad yeah. as heck at you and so yeah we, we, we're doing childish you added games. a you added a level to di- the doorbell did yeah you? we added an extra level <laughs> I mean it, it got close people was like wanting to fight it so oh points. yeah it was ready to throw bombs did so. you did you have to, like stay and want to see the reaction or like look back as you're running or what. Uh, <laughs> some, 
sometimes you want them to know that it was you. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Because if, if you got me, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm getting you. <laughs> and it ain't going to be the same day. It's going to be like a week or two down the road. Yeah, you, because you, know you got to I mean? stay Especially on your feet. Especially when you think you got a honey coming over or something. <laughs> yeah, think you got a honey coming. It's going to be a honeycomb of water just falling off through <laughs> your, your crib. So what I, I did want to get into, just to start off with, the, the Husker roster changes – um, just kind of addressing what modern football is, is more than anything. I, I think it's not necessarily unique to Nebraska's defense, but um, they've kind of, uh, at least on their official rus- roster on Huskers.com, uh, kind of categorizing some of their positions a little bit differently. And I don't want to like, I don't want to like dive too deep into it to think, okay, now there's an edge spot and a nickel spot at Nebraska um, specifically designated because there is, um, and, and I understand that, but at the same time, like the defensive tackles are differentiated from the, the defensive linemen or the defensive ends. The uh, safeties aren't differentiated from the defensive back. So it's just maybe it's overreaction to just a team roster when they're just kind of like, yeah, just categorize them this way. We'll see how it kind of plays out on the field. Because when you have a depth chart, you're going to have safeties. You have to have safeties on the field. Not everybody could just be defensive backs so um, or, 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 you know, cornerbacks. You're going to have a differentiator back there. So um, we'll just kind of see how it plays out but do you like uh kind of the updated look of it to have um you know as, as edge rushers are kind of taking over the game the nfl has become more and more of, of a passing league more and more of an offensive league and the biggest stars and you kind of talked about this the other day um in in, in on defense in the nfl Maybe are more of the edge rushers, the TJ Watts. Uh, Aaron Donald's up the middle, but I mean he's he's effective enough at getting to the quarterback, yeah, yeah. and you know they can flex they him, can out, move there. him out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously like the Von Millers and all and all those sorts of guys, um, and it maybe is going to overshadow. What was something we talked about last yesterday is like the Micah Parsons or the guys that don't play that edge spot that can stand out and be great, but are they as impactful? And and how much more do you kind of um, uh, prepare for them specifically game plan for them going into a game. Um, the edge rusher is vital in, in modern football in Nebraska. Now getting Oshan Mathis, a guy that we believe to be a true pass rusher, which might open up uh, the doors for some of those other guys. Uh, obviously if he takes on double teams or just draws more attention, um, they've got Caleb Tanner. They got, uh, you know, Nelson Garrett Nelson that can seemingly kind of play that second fiddle, maybe a little bit better than be the lead edge rusher. But do you like, First of all, uh, just kind of bringing that in because there is this confusion of Nebraska playing some 3-4, some 4-3, some 4-2-5 or whatever, some 5-2, and it all just it, – it, it's just like, okay, well, then who's the defensive end and who's an outside linebacker? And sometimes maybe we get too much into that just to say they're kind of playing the same position. They're an edge rusher. Yeah, I mean – if you're a purist, if you're a Nebraska purist, you understand that this used to be what they call I back you. Right. You know, those no longer exist in the in, in, in the scheme of what Nebraska is. It's just an RB. You're just a running back. Right. Same thing with wide receivers. Wide receivers back in the day, you know, Cluster Johnson, who will be joining us, was a wing back. You know what I yeah. mean? So the the style of offenses have changed. They used to call them split ends. They also used to yeah. they used to also line up with their hand down. That was the old purest Nebraska style of football. And then also, you know, you had your Toby Wrights and, and uh, you know, others like that. Uh, your Mike Minters, they were they they were called Jamal, Jamel Williams. They were called Rovers. They were mm-hmm. called, you know, they weren't safety, so to speak. And so when you look at what, you know, 
you know, Shenander had created with Joe, Jojo Doman, the style of play. He's a hybrid. I think that kind of hindered him in his draft status in a sense because his hybrid status, you didn't know if he was a safety. You didn't know if he was a linebacker. You don't know how you can play him. I think he's an outside linebacker coverage guy. But nonetheless, you, that kind of gave some hesitancy, plus the injuries, obviously. Um, but, yeah, when you look at what they're doing, I think they're simplifying the method. I mean, right now – um, the style is obviously not going to be centered or, 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 or honing around um, a 3-4 style or a 4-4 style or 4-3 style. It's not, it's not going to be one of those things. So, therefore, you know, like, you know, you know with, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know that they're running a 3-4. You know, Bud Dupree and – you know, those type of guys, Bud Dupree types and, and T.J. Watt types, they're edge guys. Even though really they're, if you would say, you could say they're linebackers or outside linebackers, yeah. so to speak, in that style of offense or defense. So um, I think it's simplifying the method. Obviously, it's going to create a lot of linebackers. I think upwards of 24 now or something like that. Yeah, if you count edges, linebackers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're adding that to be you know, as well as linebackers or so forth and so on, yeah, then you're going to have that number. Same thing with the nickelback. I, I, think, I think that their style, they're going to be able to move around, and they have a lot of different guys that can play diversity style of positions. Some guys that are big enough that can possibly move down and be like an outside linebacker, so to speak, in a, in a 4-3 with a coverage aspect to it. Or they could be a defensive back and, and, and cover slot guys. I just don't know. I'm hoping there's a guy in there that can cover the likes of uh, Smith and Jigba, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean that's going to be a that's needed a, uh, piece. A lot of there. teams that don't have a quarterback that can cover Smith <laughs> exactly. and Jigba. So, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, not having a corner, not having a safety. Um, 24 DBs <laughs> listed on the roster, that's a lot. But at the end of the day, if you're going to move them around, maybe some corner guys play safety. Maybe you have, you know, four corners playing and one safety over the top. Then that that minimizes the uh, the labeling. It minimizes and it makes you become better in all aspects of your of your game. That I mean, that's the only thing I can think about it becoming is that you want all all players to not be honed in or focused in on one specific aspect of coverage, and you make them uh, so diversified that they can move all over the place if they need to, or they can come down and blitz if they're blitzing. You know, DB, then they move down and do that if they're coverage DB. They come down and squat and do that if they're just an over-the-top type of guy and don't have really that speed to, to uh, footwork to keep up, then, you know, you he's a DB that just happens to be playing deep. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it simplifies it for Shenander in some ways. Well, and it's interesting, too, because when, when you also include the nickel position, um, which there's also confusion on that just because um, if you look at it, if you look at the Husker roster on your cell phone, obviously it doesn't have as much space. So it just calls it the Nick position. And I think it's short for nickel because when you look at the desktop version, it says nickel. Um, but we've seen as this roster update has happened, um, publications go out and say, yeah, there's the Nick in the edge position. I don't know if that's like they're, Purposely, I don't know if there Nick is a Ed Nick Saban? position. Nick Ed Saban? Oh, oh, no, no. I just, I don't know. Is if there a Saban position too? I don't know if there's a Nick position <laughs> at all. I think that just maybe is short for nickel. Um, but they throw, are they throwing slights at Alabama? <laughs> no, I'm, just I'm just playing. But it, it's just confusing too because when you think of a nickel, uh, that's uh, you know typically used for the third cornerback. You know, the five-two-five five type of thing, yeah, similar to when you think of a, a dime. Yeah, a that's a fourth dime cornerback, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So that's the, it's typical, you know, for football terminology. 
that's how it is. But with the way that they've run it and with Jojo Doman kind of playing what this nick or nickel position is, um, it kind of confuses it a little bit because you have nickel guys like Chris Kalarovich who are bigger than edge rushers. Right. <laughs> so it's like, is he, a, is he a third corner type? And then your edge rushers are like Caleb Tanner's 220. Uh, Kalarovich is listed at 225. I know that's a minimal difference. It's not that big of a difference. But usually you're kind of thinking there from, okay, a guy that maybe lines up as a defensive end in a, uh, you know, in a 4-3 compared to Kalarovich, who, you know, or nickel position, I should say, which is usually a defensive back. Um, it's just it, – it, it's kind of opening your eyes to a degree of the way that Nebraska is using um, – that position or the success of Jojo Doman is what I'm really uh, impressed by is because they have Chris Kalarvich. They have uh, Javin Wright, Isaac Giffords who's a little bit smaller um, and, and maybe could play like more of a safety. Um, they have a few guys listed at safety or, or at this nickel position that are, that are bigger guys that you would typically think as linebacker types. Um, and I don't know if they're trying to force that as, or if Kalarvich or Javin Wright or one of these guys can replace what Jojo did for you. Certainly you, you hope right. so. Certainly you wish so. Yeah. He was such a, a, a great piece for you, regardless of the whether fact he got drafted or not, we could see it out there on the field. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if you can just kind of force that, but it seems like they have enough confidence in some of the guys that they have playing that position um, that, I mean that they included it and they switched them on the roster. I mean, you to me that's a good that's good news. It's like okay, so they have enough faith and, and they've been working on this obviously in the spring to say we can carry this over. This isn't necessarily just mm-hmm. JoJo stood out. If you remember back in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, they had the peso defense, which was Eric Haig and, and Dijon Gomes were kind of that third corner, but they could come up and pop you. And so it was it was just kind of this people kind of thought of as a new weapon, this positionless spot and. And then, like, after they left, the peso position just kind of fizzled out Fizzled out because you, you, they don't have Eric Giggs and, mm-hmm. and Dijon Gomes, guys uh, that are that versatile to just play that position. And that's what I'm kind of wondering about JoJo's position. But I think, again, good news that they listed and they kind of have this JoJo position now listed out where they have linebacker types playing in it um, to give me, uh, you know, because if they do have a guy that can play like that, it obviously is a Swiss Army knife for your defense. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely – when they say hybrid, that's what it's going to be. I think what you'll just find, I think it's going to be very formational driven from the offensive standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're playing, if you're playing in Iowa, you're going to see a lot of two tight end type sets and that position, that hybrid position may be more towards a Gifford, um, you know, a Bullock, you know, maybe a Stinger type Buddha, you know what I mean? It may mm-hmm. be more tailored to that, that bigger, side of them if they're playing Ohio State it may be more towards a Kalarovic and more towards a Javen Wright it may be more blitz uh zone blitz dominated with more zone coverages uh possibly uh unless you're doing a switch switch off coverage where you're you're basically you know chucking the the slot guy releasing him off to the next guy at the next level getting down on that tight end or getting out in that flat area uh, on some running back coverage or something, you know, where that's where it's going to be or maybe running them off the edge on a blitz, you know what I mean? You've you got O'Shawn Mathis that's going to require some extra eyes possibly on the outside, hopefully, where you may have that that Nick position on that same side where you can run some, some good blitz action off that side if you're, you know, getting a little bit of eyes on that side of the ball from him. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different things that they'll be able to do with those position changes. Um, 
I'm I'm looking forward to it. I want to I'm looking forward to seeing how that's going to pan out. I'm hoping that the fans show up out there in Ireland. <laughs> it seems like some numbers right now are not very strong, but I'm hoping that there's enough out there to see it and if not to be at the TVs watching it so them them uh what we talked about yesterday them doggone rating numbers go oh, up. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're hoping it's one of the two. I think week zero would definitely help draw in the ratings. As I mentioned yesterday, it did it helped for the Illinois game last year, which otherwise would be kind of lost and not get that sort of number. Um, I think they had like we're, three million watch it last year. So we're in a recession, baby. Yeah, uh, people. You are know. you are you a little underwhelmed by the nine thousand Nebraska tickets uh, at this point sold? I still think that's a pretty good number to be going over to Ireland. Right. You know, nine, you're going halfway 9, around the world. You know what I mean? Nine thousand tickets sold. I I think there may be some late some late bloomers if. You know, you may get into that first part of August and maybe, you know, if if tickets, I think that's a that's one of the things. I mean, tickets are crazy right now. There's you've got different types of strikes or different types of layoffs or different. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of airline pilots, may, you know, during the covid situation kind of took their hiatus and broke camp. So there's there's just not as many flights going as, as probably they would have been. And so the, the prices are through the roof. Gas is through the roof. you got all these things that you're dealing with. And people are dealing with stuff at home. Let's let's just be honest about it. I mean, food costs are up. All kinds of stuff is oh, up. Yeah, yeah. So when you're looking at the totality of all that thing, I mean, you're like, Ugh, you know, I'll wait. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. You know, because you don't right. really know, right? If you knew that there was a probably a perennial Husker team coming back, like, say, out, out, outside of 94 or 97, when you knew they just coming off that yeah. type of schedule and, and you're excited about – What's to come? We've been propped up so much. We feel like the Cowboys. I think the Nebraska Cornhusker fans probably feel like the Cowboy fans right about now. Every year they're propped up, pushed up, you know, <laughs> booted up to feel like you're about to freaking win that next one, right? Yeah. You're on your way, and that's 20 years now. And so all of a sudden you get pushed up, you know, propped up to be let down. Yeah, only so many times can it fool you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I think that's kind of what's going on. I just think that – you know they're still they they're like I'll wait I'll wait till they come back I'll watch it at home maybe and and just kind of peek in on it make sure it is what I think I'm seeing because if I'm telling you if they take a loss in that first one oh my god oh man especially Ooh. I mean years of planning for this oh. maybe not maybe not a, I I don't know I I want to I kind of want to get like somebody that's from the university that kind of could tell us what are the expectations but even that is is difficult to do because they're not going to want to try to make it sound like it was like they're they're on pace i mean it, it would just be kind of difficult to get a straight answer out of what they were expecting um i think like like you said i think 9000 still impressive it's just not the takeover from nebraska fans that i think you were maybe hoping for um but I mean, like you said, there's a lot playing into it right now. Um, and I've just kind of always felt I, I, I don't want to belittle it at all because I love the fact that Nebraska, uh, it is, in my mind, one of the few brands that can travel halfway across the world and, and garner that attention. But uh, I just always kind of felt like if I if I went to Ireland, um, I'd want it to, you know, I, you don't just want to go there for the game. It's not like a weekend trip. You, you know, if, if you're going to go to Ireland and go to Europe, you want to stay there for two weeks. And so, like, one of those days could be a, a Nebraska game or whatever. But um, I, I just always kind of feel like if I went to Ireland, I'd, I'd want to do more of the European things than something that I do at home. Maybe if it was a, a bigger game, uh, I'd be more interested. But, like, Nebraska Northwestern, yeah. Eh, 
I think that probably knocks down some of the yeah. ticket sales. It may too. be underwhelming. Yeah, it may be underwhelming. Both teams were three and nine last year yeah. for that for what yeah. that was worth. But yeah. uh, uh, that's uh, that's where they're where it stands. And they're so they're at nine thousand tickets uh, for Nebraska, three thousand for Northwestern. They're expecting the locals to to get quite a bit more. They're still hoping to get around thirty six thousand people in the stands. There, um, kind of looking at past Ireland games, uh, they've had a little bit more. Like Penn State, UCF in two thousand fourteen had about fifty three thousand. Um, so it doesn't look like it's going to catch that type of number. Um, but, uh, it'll be interesting either way. I, I don't care. Like, I, I, I love that, that kind of nerdy stuff, like the, the attendance, the ratings, that sort of stuff. I, I just love it. And I love to dive into it. But at the end of the day, I just, I, I can't wait, uh, for Nebraska football as usual, but a Nebraska football game in Ireland is unique. It's special. It's, it's not, obviously not going to happen every year. I know we've been waiting for it for a couple of years and those years have not been kind to you on the field. Um, um, so it's kind of diminished it a little bit, but it's it's a special occasion and it's going to be fun uh, regardless of like like me. I'm not going to Ireland, but I will still have fun enjoying it uh, from afar. Uh, let's take a quick break here on the block and uh, get to our usual Thursday special. It's Thirsty Thursday with Kevin Meyer of Meyer's Cork and Bottle. We'll see what he brings in. He had pickle beer for us last time. I think I was the only one in the studio that enjoyed it. Um, I think I, it, because it tastes like pickle juice. That's that's about it. You can hardly taste any alcohol in it. Um, and I do like pickles. But we'll see what we have uh, coming up here with Kevin Meyer of Meyer's Cork and Bottle on Thirsty Thursdays on the block on 93.7 The Ticket. 